Welcome once again to our live stream services. We have been working through a mini-series called Encounters with Jesus. And um, we've, we've looked at uh, several encounters. And today is the last of the, the sermons that I'm going to do on this particular mini-series that we've been working on. And uh, today what we, we're looking at Jesus and the bleeding woman in Luke chapter 8, um, reading from verse 40 to verse 48, Jesus and the bleeding woman. And we see here desperate faith, desperate faith. Um, let me read from God's word and we'll pray together and then um, we'll, we'll um, continue with what God has to say to us today. I read from the ESV, follow me as I read from God's word. Now, when Jesus returned, the, the crowd welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And there came a man named Jairus, who was a ruler of the synagogue. And falling at Jesus' feet, he implored him to come to his house. For he had, an, he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And Jesus went, the people pressed around him, and there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she had spent all her life, all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. She, she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Jesus said, Master, the crowds around you and are pressing in on you. But, but Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. And when the woman saw that she could not be hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. This is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, our Lord and God, what a joy it is indeed to come before you today, to hear your word, to hear you speaking to us um, from your word. And may you draw our hearts to yourself and grow our faith even as we hear your word. For you say in your word that faith comes by hearing. So may our faith be stronger, may our faith be um, a faith that is marked by a passion for you, a desire for you um, to walk with you, and to love you, to glorify you with our lives. In the precious name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we pray this. Amen. Now we're looking at Jesus and the bleeding woman, desperate faith. The, the English word desperate or desperation is a word saturated and filled with intense meaning. Some of the synonyms of, for, for this word are hopeless, despair, despondency, depression, discomfort, dejection, panic, agony, and agency. See, a desperate person is mostly characterized by recklessness and can, can even be dangerous. Uh, 
mostly this is because they are in urgent need and and they have little hope they are in despair and have lo- and, and, and 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 see what they are about to do as the last resort that is why we have phrases like desperate times calls for desperate measures or desperation can make a person do surprising things or again desperation can be a justification for all kinds of behavior and even hearing uh, people say I-, I got to that desperate place where, where nobody could help me but God our text today that we just read shows us two people who got to that desperate place they, they, they were so desperate that they turned to the Lord Jesus Christ and, and, and desperation is good when it drives us to Christ, when it drives us to our knees, when it, when it causes us to, to call out to the Lord. It is good when desperation draws us to God. The, the, the setting of the text that we just read is after Jesus was sent packing by the garrisons, uh, after he delivered that man who was demon-possessed, <clears throat> with 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 legion, and um, he he got into the boat and and left the man behind to be an evangelist in that uh, place, and he left and he he left for Capernaum. When he arrived in Capernaum, there was a crowd that was waiting for him to to welcome him, and in in the crowd, in that crowd, there were two people who were keenly interested in the arrival of Jesus Christ. Luke tells us about these two people. That the first one is Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, who had a 12-year-old daughter, his only daughter, who was dying. She was sick to a point of death. And also there was a woman. We are not told much about this woman. Luke does not tell us her name, um, but we, we are told about her condition from which she suffered for 12 years. Both of these people were desperate. Both knew that their hope was in Jesus alone. And what a display of faith in Jesus. It reminds me of the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. The last verse, the last stanza or last verse of that hymn says, Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. And we see his compassion here as he listens to the desperate pleas of, of Jairus and, and leaves with him to his house. But, but what is interesting here is that in the midst of this story, a woman intercepts uh, out of desperation to, to reach out to Jesus. And, and that is what I want us to focus on this morning. Luke takes us on a bit of a detour and tells us about an encounter Jesus had with a woman with an issue of blood. We, we see in this encounter a, a desperate woman in distress, a, a desperate touch and a, uh, and, a, and a flow of power, and lastly, a confession and commendation of faith. Let us look at the first thing that we see here. We see a desperate woman in distress, and this we see in verse 43. As Jesus 
was working with Jairus to, to, ta- to attend to his, to his sick daughter, that the crowd were following and pressing around him. He was, he was surrounded by a crowd that were following. Luke immediately draws our attention to someone who, who also wanted help from Jesus, a woman who had, an, who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. He doesn't identify her name. He doesn't uh, tell us what her name is, but he tells us her condition, her desperate condition, a condition that kept her in distress for 12 years. It is unlikely that this woman was with the crowd because of her condition. She, she had an abnormality that caused her to be an outcast. She she had a hemorrhage, a a flow of blood, literally a bleeding as a woman. She tried other methods to deal with her problem. She she spent all her savings on physicians, but alas, there was no solution for her. There was no one who could heal her. For 12 years, she suffered without any hope of being healed of her condition. Her problem was not only physical in the sense that she was a woman with a discharge of blood, but that issue flowed, and excuse the pun, flowed into her spiritual life. She was ceremonially unclean and could not participate in the religious life of the nation. Her her condition put her on an extended lockdown. Leviticus chapter 15 verse 19 to 22 stipulates that in that time a Jewish woman who would go on her monthly cycle would be unclean for seven days. And this woman's condition was continuous, which means that she was continuously unclean. But not only was she spiritually affected, but she was also socially affected. If she was married at this point in her marriage, in her life, her marriage would not be would be no more. She she is not able to fraternize or to 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 enjoy the company of friends and and family because whatever and whoever she touches would immediately be unclean. So she is an outcast. She is on lockdown, outside, and and can't fraternize, and can't enjoy uh, relationships, can't enjoy uh, the company of friends and and family. That is why I think she was not part of the crowd. She's probably looking from a stone's throw away. She, she saw Jesus surrounded by people going to attempt another urgent issue. And as she assesses the situation here, she, she could convince herself that Jesus is too busy with other matters and that, that, that are more important, that Jesus would not pay attention to her, that he was too busy for her. Brothers and sisters, let me encourage you this morning. Jesus is never too busy for you. That there are no matters in this world that are that keep him so busy that he cannot pay attention to you. He is a high priest who sympathizes with our weaknesses. He, he, he knows our every need and he, 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 he welcomes us. He's always ready. The, the second stanza in the hymn, uh, 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 What a Friend We Have in Jesus, 
It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. We, 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 we forfeit a lot of peace. We, we bear needless, needless pain because we think that Jesus is too busy for us to bring our prayers before him. We think that he's busy with other urgent matters. But it is never like that, brethren. It is never like that, brothers and sisters. Jesus Christ is always ready to hear us when we cry out to him. He never gets overwhelmed by our pleas. He, he, he invites us to come to him. He invites us to give our lives to him. He invites us to cry out to him. He is the one who hears our prayers. And he is the one who intercedes on our behalf. This woman was convinced and, and rightly so that her solution is in Jesus Christ. It is now or never. Now or never. And that is why we see, secondly, a, a desperate touch and a flow of power. We see this in verses 44 to verse 46. Verse 44 to verse 46, we see uh, a desperate touch and a flow of power. Look at what it says. Look at what the Word of God says in that section. Verse 44, she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment, and immediately her discharge of blood ceased. And Jesus said, Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds around you and are pressing in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I perceive that power has gone out from me. Remember that she was ceremonially unclean, and to touch anyone would cause her we would cause that person to, to be unclean. But as, as, as the saying goes, desperate times call for desperate measures. She, she comes up with a stealth approach. Unlike Jairus, she doesn't cry out to Jesus. She doesn't come kneeling before him, crying out to, to be helped, pleading with Jesus. She, 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 she doesn't come uh, desperately uh, bowing before him. She, she goes in anonymously, hoping even to come out anonymously, unnoticed. She, she hopes to go in, steal a miracle and come out with a stolen miracle. She comes up behind Jesus and touches the fringe of his garment. Now, the question is why this stealth approach? Well, it was perfect for her and with the press of all people that are surrounding Jesus. For, 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 for she was a social outcast. And according to Leviticus 15, as we said, Leviticus 15, 29 to 30, a woman with a bleeding problem like hers was ceremonially unclean for as long as the condition persisted. So she comes up, she comes in secret and touches the fringe of his garment. And Matthew, in his parallel companion of the same uh, um, story, tells us in Matthew chapter 9, verse 21, that this woman kept saying to herself, if only I touch his garment, I will be made well. So we can see that she had faith 
that Jesus could heal her and in stealth from the press of the people comes up behind Jesus and touches his garment and immediately we see her bleeding is stopped. After 12 years of suffering, it stops right there. In her mind, she was going to quietly leave, but it was not so. But when you look at verse 45 of, of that uh, uh, narrative, we see it tells us that Jesus said, who was it that touched me? Who was it that touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds around you are pressing in on you. Now, obviously, our all-knowing Lord was not asking for information. He was not asking to be informed what just happened. You see, what, what, what just happened to the lady um, was not luck. It, it was not as if, you know, she was thinking that it, 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 she might be lucky or not. She was not betting some spiritual lottery here. Our Lord knew, and, 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 and so it was, this was the providence of God. Although he was going with Jairus to his house for her daughter, he, he, he had he providentially, he also had a divine, uh, he had a divine uh, uh, meeting with this woman. And so um, he, when he asked who touched me, because he's our loving Lord, what he wants to do with this woman, he wants to restore her socially. He, he wants her to identify herself so she no longer has to bear the stigmas, the, the shame of being unclean like a leper. Jesus wants her healing to be made public so she can now be involved in the, in the social um, life, in the spiritual life in, in Israel. Now, as, as, as Jesus asked this question, everyone around him is denying it. And so Peter, the apostle, whose mouth mostly went before his brain, says to Jesus Christ, you are surrounded by a lot of people here. Well, what do you mean um, who touched you? Jesus says, someone touched me, for I perceived that power had gone out from me. Now, now that, this should not be misunderstood as if, that, as if a, a battery is, is discharging and, and, and putting power in another source. Um, it should not be understood that way. It, 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 it is the power of Jesus Christ that has touched this woman. And it is an interesting statement. Jesus knew that, that, that healing power went forth. And I, I would tell you that Jesus Christ willed it. He was willing for it to happen. I mean, other people had touched Jesus. Think about this. Other people are surrounding him, are pressing against him, are following him, and, 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 and they were not healed. At least nothing is recorded here in this text and also in Matthew and Mark of the same account. So my point is here, the power of Jesus is not an impersonal force flowing from him to people. Jesus was fully aware of what was happening. He is fully aware of his action. I mean, no one ever received the power of Jesus in healing without clear awareness from Jesus' part. And, and Jesus' words here make it pretty clear to the woman that the, the woman who had been healed, to, to realize she could not hide. 
She probably goes from being mortified that she is ceremonially unclean to, to relieve that Jesus knows he healed her. So she comes forth and makes a wonderful profession before him. And that is what we see lastly here, confession and commendation of faith. In, in verses 47 to 48, look at what it says. And when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him, declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him and how she had been immediately healed. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. She, she confesses before Jesus and Jesus commends her for her faith. Now realizing she could not hide in the crowd, that she had not escaped notice, she comes trembling in reverential fear, in, in true fear of God, and fell before Jesus in homage and, and worship and awe of the power of Jesus, and, and makes this declaration here, this confession, in the presence of the crowd. And in her confession, she tells everyone why she touched Jesus. It, it was out of faith that she, she would be healed, Again, when you look at Matthew chapter 9, 21, it, 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 it demonstrates that faith. She knew that she would get well if she touched Jesus. There was faith here. There was faith. But also in her profession, she gives glory to Jesus in talking about his power because she communicates that she was healed immediately as she touched him. In response to her confession of faith, Jesus makes a public declaration here, a profession of his own. Uh, look at verse 48. He said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Now, now Jesus is not content just to restore this woman physically and socially. He, he says to her these words, which may indicate that he restored her spiritually. Jesus calls her daughter. And this is the only time in the Gospels that Jesus uses this word to, ref to address a, a woman. And, and possibly um, uh, referring to spiritual kinship here. A, a daughter of God. Which might imply a salvation redemptive aspect here when you look at this passage. But beyond that, Jesus said to her, your faith has made you well. And the Greek word translated here, uh, made you well, is a common New Testament word used for salvation. It is the word sozo. And although it does not always mean spiritual salvation, it commonly does. So, so she may have been saved at this time, which I would, I, I would not doubt, seeing the power and pity of Jesus. And, and, and he, he tells her, last of all, go in peace which can be a common greeting for Jews, or, or now she could be in peace. For, for, for she has been reconciled to God in her sin and has now been justified by faith. She now has peace with God. She, she is now at peace with God. So, so peace with God may now be her state as she was restored physically, socially, and eternally. And what a day for this desperate woman. She, she came 
when, when she was a social outcast and she, she knew that her, her hope after all, all her, her, her attempts to deal with the situation failed. She knew that Jesus Christ is her last resort. She knew that her hope is in Jesus Christ. And isn't that what we do as well? In our foolishness, we instead of going to uh, to Jesus immediately, we, we start trying other things. We we start trying things in the world, and, and and finally we we our eyes are opened and our senses are returned to us that Jesus Christ is the true hope of our lives. We we need to come to an awareness that indeed. In him, in him, we truly find salvation. He is our refuge. He is our salvation. He's our rock. And, and we run to him in our desperation. And this passage that we just read, it shows us two things here. First of all, it shows us the power and pity of our Lord, the compassion of our Lord. His compassion in this passage is laid bare. Jesus gives hope to the hopeless. He gives hope to, to people who are in despair. He had pity for this woman who was desperate, who was down and out. Jesus Christ did not say, you tried everything, uh, don't come to me. He, he, he welcomed her. He, he, he pitied her. He showed her compassion. He loved her. He, he called her daughter. He restored her to God. When she was ceremonially unclean and an, and an outcast because of her condition, he restores her to God. And doesn't, isn't that what Jesus does to us in our sin when we have defiled ourselves? when we have soiled ourselves with worldliness and ungodliness and we, we are cut to the heart by the power of conviction, we come to him, he doesn't turn us back. He restores us. He is faithful and just. When we confess our sins to him, he restores us. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness and he restores us back to God. He cleanses us with his blood. He makes us new. He never turns us away. Secondly, what we see is our Lord is always ready to receive all who come to him. He's always ready to receive all who come to him. Uh, look at this text. Uh, he has been, he, he took a trip on a boat, having left uh, um, the garrisons who did not want him, he, he leaves them with an evangelist. He still um, has a heart of compassion for them. He still wants them to know him. And now he comes to Capernaum, and, 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 and as he comes, people welcome him. He, he doesn't tell these people that he needs to he needs to rest. He, 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 he welcomes their pleas as, as, as Jairus comes to him and, and cries out to him out of his desperate condition. He listens to him and he goes with him. Again, there's this woman who intercepts and, 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 and comes in into the story and, 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 and she, he touches, she touches Jesus. He doesn't turn her back. He doesn't tell her he is busy. He doesn't tell her, um, he doesn't have time for her. He, 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 he responds to her in compassion and love. 
You see, Jesus Christ is always ready for those who draw near to him. He, 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 he doesn't look at the fact that you've soiled yourself with sin and, and so he turns you back. He, he doesn't look at the fact that you once denied him or once rejected him when, when, when you heard the gospel the first time. He calls you to himself. He receives you in love. He receives you in compassion. He draws you to himself. You see, what the Bible tells us, that Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. We were all lost. Those who are in Christ were lost and are found in him. Those who, 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 who are lost are still being called by him to come to him. Would you open your eyes and, 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 and see how sin has blinded you and draw near to him? Call out to him. Call out to him to save your soul. Call out to him to, to forgive your sin. Call out to him to, to draw you near to him. Isn't that what the Bible says? It says uh, we should call out to him. And he will, he will save us. He will draw us to himself. Jesus really does, in love, respond to us with his compassion, with his mercy, with his grace. And as we look at this woman, a woman who was desperate, never turned back. Jesus does not turn her back, but he welcomes her. He welcomes her to himself. May, 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 as you look at this passage and consider what you have heard, may, may your heart be drawn to him. May your heart love him because he has loved you first. Amen.